Hey, kids, don't shake fist. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's November 5th, 2009. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode 145. This is no agenda. Trailing the Lisbon Treaty and tracking the WOKU. And coming to you from the minimum security containment cell in Gitmo Nation, West San Francisco, California, in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, back again, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig and Buzzkill. In the morning. Yeah, John, it is the 5th of November. Yeah. And you know what we're supposed to say then? Uh, it's, it's, it's Guy Fawkes Day. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Yeah, I love that. Conspiracy theorists everywhere are reciting uh, those those five lines. I don't even remember it. <laughs> it's from, uh, oh, hold on, hold on, John, let me just check something here. Are we actually... Are we actually recording? <laughs> That's what, yeah, I think we are. Dude, so, like, the worst thing in the world happened yesterday. I took my laptop to the office, and um, fans of the show will know that uh, I have my uh, my MacBook Pro completely jacked out. Everything is self-contained. The whole show, the streaming, the MIDI controllers, the the special Skype setup is all configured on my Mac with core audio and it's uh, it's it's bleeding edge uh for the Mac jacking uh, audio streams under the hood and uh I opened up my Mac and the screen was dead so the the Mac was working it's like this is like the worst thing that I could imagine happening right and uh so I got Jeff over and he's like uh, uh Oh man, you said. Well, I got it to turn on a couple times, but it didn't uh, turn on every time. Like, oh, I so don't need this. And uh, so we decided to bite the bullet and uh, transfer everything to um, the new uh, Unibody MacBook Pro, mm-hmm. which of course is a really dangerous thing to do because you know it's like, will all these settings actually port over? And, uh, you know, bear in mind that uh, Mac has since upgraded its operating system for the new MacBook Pros. Right. So you you were worried sick. Freaking out. Worried sick as a dog, I I might add. I I called Mickey. I said, oh, baby, my laptop blew up. And and so I got to transport it to a a new one. She's like, okay, I'm canceling dinner plans. I'll have everything ready for you when you come home. (laughs) She's like, like, oh, my God, this is going to be an all-nighter for sure. Uh, but actually, it worked out. I have to say, chapeau bas to the 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 Apple dudes. I only had to replace like you know, like upgrade one or two drivers, and it kind of worked. And, and there you go. We're on it right now. Yeah, well, that sounds like a good thing. How, did you, how much time did you have to spend? Um, well, Jeff spent a couple hours uh, with the transfer, although it's pretty oh, simple. Oh, I to see do. what you're saying. You had uh... so so yeah. So you have that FireWire trick where you start up a new Mac and you can say transfer everything over from my old Mac, but then you have to go in and you know uh, some right. software. You, in other words, you had to use IT, the IT, the, the, IT, the IT department. Yes, you the, had to the use genius ex- bar. outside experts. <laughs> the genius just bar just to get a computer to work. <laughs> no, I had actual uh, work to do, John. You know, I. But, you know, I had to get up at 5 this morning to do all the show prep I couldn't do because I didn't have a computer. Just saying. 
Yeah. Of course, somebody criticized me. I can't. We have to stop saying just saying. You do it, and I do it both, and everybody's doing it. Well, we've started a trend. I don't know about that. So today's show, by the way, our executive producer, we actually an executive producer, but I have to give a associate executive producer award out too. An a, a so-called AEP. An AEP. Yes. So Scott Rodriguez is our executive producer for this show, which is numbered. What was the number on the show? Uh, this is one forty-five. Yes, one forty-five. And, and why is Scott executive producer? What does he? Because uh, he gave us two hundred fifty dollars. Whoa! Wait, wait a minute. Is, is, is this uh, is this Scott who? Is this Scott who we called his buddy? Yeah, that was kind of cool. Did you call his buddy? Yeah, I did. Uh, Jose. Yeah. Yeah, I called Jose. His last name is Can You See? Isn't that weird? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and. Uh, Lenart uh, Ran Rankema, which is Rankema, uh, probably a Dutch guy. Yeah, Rankema. Say it with me, John. Rankema. Rankema. There you go. And he gave us two hundred twenty-two bucks. Just came in under the wire, so wow. I thought you cool. give him a call out. Thank you both very much. You can put that on your um, on your resume, on your uh, CV, and we will vouch for you. And you can actually say, "I was the executive producer of No Agenda, episode one forty-five." And once we've uploaded the show, you'll know what the su- the, the subtitle is. It always kind of looks good, you know. If if you've executive produced an episode of like Mad Men or or Lost, is maybe even better. Then there's always an episode like The Others Are Coming. You know, it just looks better on the CV. It does. Yeah, and we'll vouch for you. Yeah, we don't have a problem with it. Not at all. So um, anyway, so go on with your little story. Oh, so uh, it worked out, you know. It's uh, well, that's what it's supposed to do. Although yeah, I, normally no. you don't need a whole, an entire IT department just to get a Macintosh <laughs> running. No, I that part was you know it wasn't just to get the Mac running. That was just so I could do some other stuff. But then I spent probably two and a half hours uh, updating software because a lot of the software you have to get a new version because it doesn't run on Snow Leopard. And uh, and here's the thing that bugs me. So this has got to be like a what a two thousand dollar laptop. These things aren't cheap. They're not that much. They're not. They're actually they're a real good deal. Really? What, what, what size screen do you get? Uh, it's a fifteen inch. I don't know. It's probably about twelve twelve hundred bucks. Thirteen hundred really? bucks. Really? Max. But it's it's got the like the two point six six processor and anyway. Okay, so it's twelve fourteen hundred bucks. But if you want to hook up. Um, if you want to hook up your existing uh, hardware, like an external screen or uh, a FireWire disk, once again, they've changed the connectors. So you have well, to have the... Well, how else are they going to make any money? Well, I tell you, I had to go to the Apple store at 8.30 last night to get the viewport accessory. Because you can't just plug in a monitor anymore. You have to have a viewport dongle that goes in this little teeny-weeny plug, and then it goes into the DVI. So now, actually, I was stupid. I should have bought a a Viewport VGA dongle, because if I'm doing a presentation somewhere where they don't have DVI, then, of course, I'll be out of luck. It's just lame. They don't even include one in the box. (laughs) I mean, come on. Isn't that, like, standard? You can just plug something in? Oh, no. Oh, no, you have to get a Viewport. $29.95. You know, what can I say? Well, what we can say is that uh, it has finally been done. Yes, it has taken two years longer than they expected, but congratulations to the European Union. You now are one. As uh, 
the uh, you're one fascist Vac- state. Vaclav Klaus finally signed the Lisbon Treaty and ratified it uh, this past Tuesday. So just in time for the fifth of November. Um, it's also uh, so incredibly symbolic. Just in time, you now are indeed the United States of Europe, and uh, your unelected officials will soon elect a president for you. <laughs> it's all over. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that they could create this giant, you know, mega country and then and take away everybody's rights to actually elect its own leadership? To do anything. And and um, and there's this huge uh, guffaw going on in the UK. <coughs> Excuse me, about uh, European taxes that will have to be paid. Have you have you been following this? On on top of all the other taxes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the UK will. Ha- well, wait, wait, wait! Stop! 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 <coughs> okay, wait. Let me get this straight. So now. I should have never sent you that Glenn Beck clip. <laughs> that, that's our new European Union sound. <laughs> so let me get this straight. So I'm a I'm a Frenchman, let's say. Yes, and you I'm would be a perfect ta- Frenchman, by the way. Yeah, and I'm paying the taxes mm-hmm. to support my local community. No, no, you would be you would be paying you would be paying le taxes. I'd be paying the taxes to pay for my government, you know, for what's around me. I'm paying to, to support, the, you know, what's going on. Now that, wh- why am I going to pay more taxes? Because the, everything's already covered. No, because we need a European army. Those, the, that shit is expensive, ma'am. Well, why doesn't they just take it from the French army? Just take a few Frenchmen. We have, we have an army in France. Let's just move <laughs> oh, some please. of these guys over. The army in Le France is not le good. We all know that. They've got b- weird-looking helmets. It's no good. The Foreign Wait, Legion. Wait, you're going to tell me they're going to tax on top of all the already high taxes? Yes. Yeah, so uh, as an example. The guy, by, this is, just shows you how smart they are in Switzerland. They stayed yeah. out of this stupid thing. And Norway. <laughs> yeah. So um, even though, the, uh, even though the, uh, the United Kingdom uh, is not participating in the euro, they are, of course, a member of the European Union, uh, still hoping to get Tony Blair in as the El Presidente. Uh, secret plans with a forward by European Union Commissioner Jose Manuel Borracho uh, says that the European taxes could cost every British family at least £155 a year. That's about £4 billion in uh, taxes going to the European Union. Extra taxes, everybody. So, uh, you know, please uh, calculate on a pro rata basis for your country according to size and population. So, in Le France, you would probably be paying Le More because there's yeah, more people. Be. Yeah. French pay a lot of taxes. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, isn't that mm-hmm. just cool? Yeah, I like to know where the money's going. So to build an army, so what? So they can invade someplace? They're going to go. They're going to go after Russia again. Bring yeah. in some new Napoleon, you know? Yeah. If Tony Blair. It's a do-over. It's a do-over, John. Let's attack <laughs> Russia. Let's we attack did, Russia. We didn't do it right the first time. We got to do it again. This time we're coming with all, all. All of us are all together. All the Gauls. Yeah, instead of just France. Um, Choosing either just France or just Germany going after Russia. They've never combined forces to go after Russia. Well, now now is their chance. Now is their chance. There you go. And if they I could, was the Russians, I'd be concerned because they got Russia has damn. all the oil. They have yeah. as much oil as the Saudis do. Well, that of course is what Afghanistan is all about. Is because uh, the you know the West. Let's just call it that. The uh, 
uh, North American Union and the European Union want to transport oil without having to deal with Russia. So they want to build this Unicol pipeline right across Afghanistan. And uh, let me see, who's running Afghanistan again? Uh, what was his name? Karzai. Who did he work for? Um, wasn't it Unicol? It's Unical, actually. Yeah. So well, I, I um, pronounce it in the European. Hey, by the way, I want, we want to congratulate. We want to follow the lead of the United Nations and congratulate Karzai on winning yes. his election. <laughs> he, it's amazing they how he does congratulations that. Congratulations on winning your election. <laughs> after, after you either killed off your opponent or they just went away. Good job. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to No Agenda. Our formula is deadly simple. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And and you know what? We enjoy doing it. We enjoy it. Uh, when are we going to get a call from the San Francisco 40? You guys are misusing our You can't, you can't use that. You That's our intellectual, intellectual property, and uh, you really can't... Uh, there was uh, some more interesting uh, news out of Afghanistan uh, from the, what is it, uh, Minister of Counter-Narcotics. He says, <laughs> this is one of those, there's gambling going on there. The Afghan Minister of Counter-Narcotics says foreign troops are earning money from drug production in Afghanistan. <laughs> really? <laughs> He went on to say <laughs> that NATO forces are taxing the production of opium in the regions under their control. I love it. That's so brazen, man. Not only will you make, make you grow it and will we ship it, but we're going to tax you for growing it. It's fantastic. It's, this is like the Roman Empire. This um, is the screw jobs they used to pull. You know, it's like, okay, really? oh, let's take over this area. Now you're going to get taxed. Tax. Give us your money. Oh, that's it's true. basically robbing people. Yeah. Correct. Well, you know, that's kind of what Hitler did. <laughs> yeah. Did Hitler create a new world currency? Did he ever try that? No, he was too busy robbing people of their art. Um, I got a note from, uh, from my buddy Parky. He's the guy who sent me the, the uh, $100 trillion Zimbabwe note. That I put yeah, on my. Uh, no, on my I way. wish somebody would send. Yeah, me you're bugged now, trillion. aren't you? Yeah, no, it's one. I get one hundred trillion dollars from Zimbabwe. Yeah. So he's in finance, and uh, he sent me this article about the Woku, which uh, will uh, launch in uh, January first, two thousand ten. The Woku stands for World Currency Unit, and uh, so he has a couple of articles that he that he sent and this is essentially what what I believe is supposed to become the new reserve currency it's going to be a basket of stuff of different currencies which will be um kind of like the S&P 500 wait so wait 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 you're telling me this is going to be a derivative it'll be a derivative in the form of a paper in the form of currency yeah but it won't be paper but he what he's seeing is that it's already being put into the financial system so there's a uh, swift you know, SWIFT is um, is the system, uh, the international currency right. transfer system, so that the CIA can uh, see if you're sending terrorist money back and forth. Right. Um, so it's already been entered as a valid currency in the database. So oh, really? That's <laughs> yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's already in the... So this, uh, but wait a minute. Let me get this straight. So this bogus currency... Yes. The Woku. What a crappy name. I love the, the name. No, it's good for people. Hey, yeah, hey. Hey, you owe me ten Wokus, Dvorak. I mean, it sounds like, yeah, well, it probably sound more, more hey, logical. Sailor, hey, Ghana. Sailor, give me hundred Wokus. I give you lots of love. 
I'll give you Woku back. I'll give you Woku Woku back, baby. <laughs> woku Woku. Amy said, yeah, uh, Fonzie the bear. Yeah. So anyway, um, so this thing's already in the system, so I could actually transfer some Wokus? Uh, well, it's, it's in the database. It'll, it'll, it'll start as of January 1st. Okay, and then it will have a value. Yes, it will have in, a value. In dollars. <laughs> <laughs> or, or as we tend to say, <laughs> I got people at the office doing that, Tim. Well, people, Andrew Grummet. I got people at the office doing that. One guy in the entire office that manages to listen to our show. He's going like, whoa. Which is a, <laughs> which is a good thing, by the way. That only one guy listens to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. So, it's an office uh, full of, of, of uh, progressives, let's say. Meanwhile, um, now you were up north, in, and I do want to hear a little bit about your trip. The great white north Gitmo nation. Yeah, gold jumped uh, to a record high after India's central bank bought 200 metric tons from the IMF. Mm. Uh, it rose to $1,088.50 an ounce. So they're going to uh, just pass it out to the public. <laughs> hey, hey, get your gold, everybody. Come on over hey, here. Everybody in India gets gold. <clears throat> it was really funny. I was at the dentist yesterday. I had some like an emergency crown thing he had to be done. And I have two gold inlays. And there's this really funny, adorable Russian assistant. And she's, I don't know, she's, uh, you know, she's maybe like 60 or whatever. and But she really has a real heavy Russian accent. And uh, so I'm laying there in the chair, and Dr. Emily, uh, Emily is uh, doing me. And uh, she looks at my mouth, she say, Ha, very, very nice gold you have there. <laughs> I was like, what? Could you please move her back away from me? And, like, she, and she's got pliers and shit. I don't want her messing with my gold inlay. It's, it's getting uh, a little is it Is it a gold inlay across the front of your mouth so it says, like, yes. curry or something like that? It's my grill. I'm going to get me a grill that says Woku. <laughs> grill. <laughs> so uh, if you had been listening to this very program uh, at the beginning of the show when we started, uh, what is it now, John, almost three years ago? Something We started 13 years ago. Then uh, you would have made uh, quite a nice uh, little bit of profit if you had invested along with uh, me. In, uh, in purchasing gold. I think a lot of people did. So, I, I sure um, hope so. Yeah, it's, you know, I think it's time to sell. Oh, I think oh really? Start. Oh, really? Okay, let's mark this down. November 5th, John says sell the gold. Adam says it's, it's blasting right through 2000. Well, that's a good Hold one. on to it. Yeah, people, somebody out there take notes on this. Um... I say it, if it may, it may hit eleven hundred, but then it's gonna, that's going to be the end of it. <laughs> ah, you're such an optimist. They have to drop it back. It's 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 all it, rigged. No, it, it will drop back a little. It's bit. all rigged. Yeah, but the physical gold is really the cool part of it. Yeah, what's so? Yeah, great. You can use it as a doorstop. Mm-hmm. Correct. So let's get into some interesting issues that took place over the last week before I talk about Canada. <laughs> okay. Do you realize? I don't know if you followed the, uh, you know, the uh, the Doug Hoffman story. Doug Hoffman? No, I can't say is that I have. Yeah, the district uh, twenty three, twenty third uh, congressional district in New York had this. Uh, oh, thing. yeah, I know a little bit about it. Go ahead. All right, here's let me give you the scenario how this works. So um, they had a Republican 
as the uh, you know the Democrats need to get a few more Democrats because they're bickering amongst themselves. So they had a Republican who was a representative there named John McHugh, and Obama decided to. Uh, and I think this whole thing was a setup, by the way. Obama decides to take John McHugh and offer him a plum job to get him out of Congress uh, and make him Secretary of the Army. Okay. And of course, the guy's crazy not to take it. So he Why? Is that such a great gig, Secretary of the Army? Yeah, it's, you would think of the, the retirement benefits. Okay. So anyway, so he and, takes And the stance. health plan. And the health plan, the fact you get the boss people around. Yeah. You know, you don't get to do that as a congressman. You just, you know, sit there and board stiff. So uh, this district has been Republican since 1873. It has been Republican since 1873. And this guy was a Republican or a Democrat? Yes, he was a Republican. Republican. It's one of those things where Obama pulls a few Republicans here and there. And how convenient to pull a Republican out of a district since they have a (coughs) scheme afoot. Let's pull a Republican out of a district that's never been handled, taken by a Democrat since 1873. What year was that again, John? So the next thing that happens is that a woman is chosen by the Republicans of New York State, Didi Miskozafava, mm-hmm. who is a just a mainstream moderate Republican. Okay. So she is uh, toes the line on all the Republican stuff, and she's like, uh, except that she's pro-life, and she doesn't care about gay marriage. So she's not really a, she's not a good Republican. No, no, no. She's a Republican. She's not a good conservative. Oh, okay. Right. So the next thing, you know, number two, plan two, after pulling this guy out, is to just to take the 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 kind of counter mouthpiece for the Democrat Party, according to our show, which is Fox News, and have all the Fox people, led by Glenn Beck, find some bonehead named Doug Hoffman, who's a teabagger, who yeah. is also a CPA and one of the dullest people you've ever heard in, the, in your life. I heard him on Hannity's show, who's a big supporter of this guy. Yeah. And, and run him as a conservative against the Republicans, splitting the vote so the Democrat can get in. Right. It's, it's basically a setup. It was all set up for that to happen. It was all set up. Yeah. Now, okay. the only one who spotted this in the Republican Party was obviously Newt Gingrich and Peter King and the NRA, who all supported the woman. But Barbara Bachman, who is an idiot... As, ha- as attractive as she is, she as, comes as out milf, with all of conservative. We need this conservative, <laughs> and and then the other idiot Palin. Oh, we need to put this guy in, and then a bunch of other lot of has-beens and 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 where you know just uh, ne'er do wells from the Republican Party come out. Hannity comes out. O'Reilly comes out. Uh, Beck is the big pr- promoter of this, and. Da da! Since eighteen seventy three, we've never had anything but a Republican. Now we have a Democrat. Did that work out for you, people? <laughs> Is that what you were angling for? That's what you got. Well, so now let's just follow this up. They, the, the, the Republicans are trying to figure out what you know. Well, this is okay because we can run against uh, you know this guy and or this you know this guy in the next uh, term two years from now. We got it made. Uh, there was a lot of electioneering that was done by these people, this Hoffman people, that was illegal. The police were called out. The whole thing was a fiasco. I want to just for people who are who are spouting this concept that uh, you know that the conservative. Uh, kind of a 
this conservative knee-jerk conservative agenda is not going to work. You know, the fact of the matter is, this is what happened to the state of California. It was taken over by the religious right, and we got nothing but Democrats in here. And the only time, the only reason Schwarzenegger got in is because he snuck in. It's because he's married to a to a hot Democrat. Well, I don't think that's the reason. Anyway, the point is, is that yeah, it is. this principle or, you know, oh, I've got my principles. I got my principles. I got my principles. I can't do anything. They don't, you know, there's, you know, you have to consider compromise, negotiation, governance, improving the plight of the people, making the country stronger. There's a million reasons that you try to go into office, but these people are just going to be standing by the sidelines with their principles as the Democrats run the country into the ground. And this is where we ha- we're headed with the Glenn Beck theory of who should be running you know be in office and and this rhino thing that all these people go oh republicans in name only republicans in name only apparently these people include nixon and eisenhower so so what what's the point here john what are you saying what do you advise what do you uh i mean get off your high horse people John, it doesn't matter. It's, this woman would have won, and it, it would, and it does matter because in the, when all is said and done, there she was against cap and trade, but now there's a pro cap and trade guy in. Is that okay. what you want? No, no, I don't. I, I don't vote there. Just saying. That you can't say that. We need a bell. Ding. Speaking of uh, of uh, of Glenn Beck, you know, there's uh, some whispering going on out there uh, ever since Lou Dobbs was fired upon. Um, that you know, Glenn Beck uh, had acute appendicitis. Did you hear about this? You might... no. Oh, so he I has was in Canada. He was on the radio, I'd, and I wish I had a clip of this. But he was on his radio show, and all of a sudden he's off, and he's like in the hospital. He has acute appendicitis, but uh, the word is someone tried to give him two to the head. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's 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 really uh, going around the circles. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that they're out to get him. You know that they that they hate him. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. You can go Google that. I am. I just Googled back two to the head, but I got nothing. <laughs> Not yet. Keep save that search. <laughs> Speaking of that, um, lo and behold, the uh, the British nuclear experts' seventeenth floor United Nations building death plunge was. Not suicide. It has now been ruled. The family didn't like the uh, the autopsy, so they went back, uh, did another one, did a CAT scan, and uh, it looks like he was killed in his office, and then, uh, which is on the sixth floor, and then dragged up to the seventeenth floor, and then thrown off, uh, thrown, uh, thrown, thrown down the stairs. You don't think throwing him down the stairs at the sixth floor is just would just as good? No, it, it, no, I think it hides more what is evidence. What's the point of moving him? <laughs> I think this. I think the, because they didn't. They didn't. A sixth floor drop may not kill you, you know. And they had they I killed him would. on the sixth floor, and then they had to move him up to the seventeenth. So he was working on the nuclear test ban projects. This is exactly like David Kelly. This is exactly what happened before uh, uh, the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. It's the exact same thing. The guy was probably a whistleblower. And they off him. Yeah, he probably was a whistleblower. Well, you know, you got, if you're going to be a whistleblower, I think you got to... You have to, you know, you have to have a lot of, be- you have to a lot of, you have to have exit strategies, backup plans, all kinds of things planted. So if anything happens to you, all this information gets out. You have to have a dead man's knob. You know, you have to have a, 
something you know, like a, an email set to fire off to every news agency or a video or something that if you don't check in every week or so and you don't issue some command, it starts emailing. That's what you need. That's the dead man's knob. I got yeah, one. Yeah, you need that. And I got one. Sh- if I get two to the head, dude, some people are in big trouble because that email goes out. Email about what? <laughs> Everything I know, John. <laughs> it's a whole spreadsheet. Okay, it's a database that will be that will be revealed all my secrets. Meanwhile, uh, the acta this acta thing that we've been following uh, also for over two years, I think. Certainly, we've been a year and a half. Two years, I think. Yeah, year and a half at least. This is the anti-counterfeiting trade agreement, which is oh, so right, right, right. secret that uh, yeah. the Obama administration refuses to disclose it due to national security concerns. So at least part of it has leaked. Yeah, it was uh, leaked on Boing Boing and other places, but it came out of some, I guess, some lawyers' blogs. Yeah, and I got to wonder, though, when it leaks to Boing Boing, that's got to be pretty intentional. I would think. Yeah. But the, the other thing is, of course, Cory Doctorow is kind of a copyright copyright nutcase. And true, uh, true. he is um, essentially uh, one step removed from uh, from Richard Stallman. <laughs> that's quite a stretch. <laughs> and by the way, that's close to an insult. I'd be careful with that. <laughs> I'd be very careful. Um. Yeah, so it's all about. Uh, it's kind of the same thing that's been that's already law in in France, where uh, ISPs, you know, three strikes you're out rule, uh, notice and takedown. It's all about uh, breaking DRM. It's just more of the same. Uh, so I, I I think it's a distraction, if anything. Might be um, because you know, uh, some really interesting news uh, came out. Just the other day, one of our producers sent it to me, and this is, uh, and this also has to do with trademark and and, and copyright law. And I'm not going to start the jingle because I'm sure we'll get to it later. But turns out that uh, a couple of scientists who actually work for the World Health Organization Influenza Laboratory hold a patent for a bioengineered swine flu virus, which of course means that they hold the patent on the vaccine. Um. So a couple things are interesting about this. Uh, one, they filed the patent in 2006. I find that to be highly amusing. Um, Was it? Yeah. You know, no, you broke up. I couldn't hear the... Oh, I said the they, filed, they filed the patent in 2006. I, I find that to be rather amusing on the timeline of the swine what? flu. Yes, 2006 is when it was filed. The swine flu didn't even appear. Well, they were already making it and had patented it. Uh, well, that's an interesting development. Yes, that's why I find it rather interesting. And that they Dude, work for the World Health Organization. Farmhouse in Mexico somewhere? No, they work, for the world, they work for the World Health Organization. Oh, the one run by that, that woman. Yeah, like the one who Ms. set the pandemic Mark. levels, the one who uh, has a treaty that all, uh, the, you know, the World Health Constitution that you sign, and if they say forced uh, vaccinations, we're supposed to listen to them. Uh, and they're from New Zealand. Robert Webster and Richard Webby, interesting there, are listed as patent holders for U.S. patent application, blah, 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 genetically engineered swine flu, uh, so Webster holds the Rosemary Thomas Chair in Virology at St. Jude's 
Children's Research Hospital. He is also a director of the World Health Organization's Collaborating Center on the Ecology of Influenza Viruses in Lower Animals and Birds, which coincidentally is the world's only laboratory designed to study influenza at the animal-human level. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's sketchy. It just doesn't get any clearer. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. It's you like, know, the, the whole thing's a scam, and probably the swine flu was genetically engineered in the first place? Sure looks like it. Well, that's the way you do it. I mean, you, see, you create, first you create the solution, and then you cause the problem. This is what happened with computer viruses. Yes. I mean, they weren't even popular until they were kind of popularized by the vi- antivirus companies. Yeah, and people keep on installing that Symantec stuff. I just don't get it. It's like, don't you see? Don't you get it? <laughs> Usually, well, then the argument is to go to a Macintosh or Linux. Case in point. Now, talking about Linux, I might mention this, by the way, to get back on this this District 23 thing, is the uh, Richard Stallman, since you mentioned him, you know, we tried to get him on the the Cranky, or not Cranky Geeks, but the... um, He would be great on Cranky. Will he he ever come on Cranky Geeks? You should definitely try No, and I'll tell you why. Oh, okay. Uh, we had tried to get him because he's an absolutist. He's like one of these conservative Republicans. Hey, man, that if that show in- isn't streamed in uh, Og Vorbis, then I'm not coming on the show. No, it was, it was the following. <laughs> he said, okay, I'll come on the show, but anytime you refer to Linux, you have to call it GNU Linux. <sighs> so, no, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> well, then I'm not coming on. Oh, you're kidding Well, then he never me. gets on anything. Because he has all these, you know, I have, I have my absolutist way well, of doing this. I refuse compromise. Well, hold on a second. You know, which what, is, by what, the way, the problem with the state of California. We John, have no, no. John, 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 hold on. Would it kill you? Would it kill you to have the guy on just with, if you have to say GNU Linux? Would it really kill you? Would it be that tough for you? I uh, or are you an absolutist? Because that's clearly no, what's going I mean, on here. Well, no, it's the problem is is he makes such a stink about it that that was just you know if we agreed to that then there would be something else. Well, worked, you don't know I mean, that. I Let's try. I'm going to talk to Carlos uh, and uh, and Sebastian, and we'll get the guy on. And every and you know what? We'll do it in post. So every single time you say Linux, I'll go <laughs> GNU GNU, and we'll just insert a little GNU. Oh, I've on. talked to Stallman. Sorry. The other problem is he's probably not going to be good television. Hold on. My, my mic what did stand, you do? My mic stand just fell. The, the paper towel rack? No, it's not the paper towel rack anymore. It's uh, it's the Radio Shack telescopic antenna, remember? Oh, the oh, roach fuck. Clip. Sorry, the roach clip just clipped me. That hurt. What yes. did, how can it? What did it hurt? Would you got it around on your nose or something? You... <laughs> no, it pinched my finger. No, forget oh, about it. Oh, it pinched your little finger. Speaking of GNU Linux, uh, our favorite eighteen million dollar website, Recovery.gov, uh, has been changed. They had to spend the money on something. What do they spend it on? They spend it on changing it from the wonderful. Uh, the hell is that uh the hell is that open source thing called drupal drupal they change it to sharepoint why give the money to microsoft of course sharepoint yeah they're saying that uh, they couldn't display all their snazzy graphs and data that's bullshit you can do anything in drupal (laughs) no apparently you can if you work for the government john it's literally what it says let me uh 
Originally, recovery.gov. This is a lie, by the way. Whatever you do, if, if, if what you're going to read me, I'm going to tell you in advance is a lie. Okay, let me just read it to you. And uh, originally, recovery.gov version 1.0 was powered by Drupal, an open source content management platform offering blogs, forums, newsletters, and podcasting amongst its features. But users were not able to follow the recovery funds from beginning to end as the Obama administration had envisioned and promised. Nor could site administrators use the site to handle the approval process needed to collect, sort, and display spending data being collected from recipients of the funds. As a result, the site became a target and verbal punching bag for watchdogs, open government advocates, and lawmakers who were underwhelmed with the content and capability, capability of recovery.gov. Hey, go look at it now and tell me if you understand what's going on. I'm reading, by the way, a blog right here. It says, depending on which license you pur- purchase, SharePoint can cost from 4000 to $25,000. But what does, it pro- what does the price get you? It doesn't offer any advantage over free and open source software, e.g. Drupal. Yeah. <laughs> of course not. Well, let me go look at it. What, uh, recovery.gov? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Hang on. It's a confusing. It's just it's, a whole did, bunch did of they data. Did make the switch over? Yeah, I, I, it looks I guess the, so. it looks kind of the same. I, you know, well, uh, sure that this is the same thing. Let me take a look at the source. <sighs> it better not say created by powered by Drupal. Well, look what it says in the first line. Adam, do you believe that? What does it say in the first line? No, never mind. I guess the joke over. It's timing. No, you, you broke. Adam you, Curry is an a hole. You broke up. That's why. Honey, stop yeah, uploading what? porn. Stop uploading porn. Why? It's probably because I loaded this thing. <laughs> Why? No, I, 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 can, I have a network monitor running here. And so the minute Mickey's uploading the porn, I can see it. So it wasn't you. I can't immediately tell. Gosh, damn, it's horrible. Coincidence? I think not! There you go. Well, you know, it's because I'm on recovery.org. Let me kill it. It's probably, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's probably you should. pinging the hell out of it. Yeah, it's, it's so incredibly... Uh, Net aware that it's it's probably sucking down the contents of your entire drive. Too late. Yeah, zapped it already. So what else we got? Oh, well, let's talk about Canada, eh? Okay. So the Canadians are completely freaked out about H1N1 because it's all that the CBC talks about. So I go up to uh, Port Angeles and I'm watching Canadian news before I go to Canada. Yeah. And it's just H1N1. H- it's like the, the national, the new, the national news. It's all it is. And it's mostly showing long lines. I mean, we're talking long lines with mostly pregnant women holding a baby kind uh, of people in the I line. Know. They can't get their shots. I know. And they're interviewing him. Oh, I wish I could get my shop. I have to come back again tomorrow. So, two, you know, talking about nothing to see here. Mm. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. So a scandal breaks out. Oh, the scandal. <laughs> a Canadian a, scandal. A Canadian scandal. The Calgary Flames, apparently, ju- as, a, as the headline puts it, jump the queue. No! Don't and, s- say it's not true, John. And they says, and, there, and, there, and there, there's headlines in the various newspapers of the d- despicable actions of the Calgary Flames. They got their flu shots without standing. It says without standing in line. 
And, I uh, swear to God, it's like this: the Calgary Flames didn't have to stand in line. It's as terrible. They so, should have stood in a long that line. Is so, like that the rest is of su- us. such a perfect media assassination. That is such a great meme to spread. And, and, and in fact, I think they'll use that here as well. I think they even tried that. I recall, um, no, it was in the Netherlands they tried this already, where they said, oh, well, uh, politicians and uh, famous people will get the shot first. It didn't go anywhere. The meme just didn't spread properly. But I bet it's all over, it's all over the news, right? That's, that's all people are talking about. Is how Front they, uh, page yeah. headlines. Oh, yeah, of course. Front page headlines about how, and they fired the doctor who apparently worked for the government. <laughs> this guy's I ruined. Love I love it. Well, we might as well play the jingle then. It's the no agenda swine flu minute. So they fired the doctor, and they are, as, as I speak now, they are still harping on this. And now there's been two or three websites that have cropped up boycotting the Calgary Flames <laughs> for jumping the queue. <laughs> And there's some woman being interviewed on the radio as I was headed back to the airport. Because this is all it's on. I will never go to another Calgary Flames game, and I refuse to deal with the National Hockey League. As long as I live, I'll never do it again. And the National Hockey League sucks because they did this. And meanwhile, the other hockey teams are wondering why they didn't get any shots. And now there's like this. this, Then the latest thing that I saw as I left, I just had to roll my eyes over this one, is that the BC Lions which is the football team from uh, Vancouver. Yeah. The coach put an edict out, and you have to realize, you know, we're talking about professional football. <laughs> the coach put an edict out because of the possibility of spreading f- swine flu, no high fives. <laughs> no high fives? No high fives you- because it might spread the swine flu. <laughs> Meanwhile, these guys are bashing they, into each other. Wait a minute, They're wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 don't, don't they have gloves on? <laughs> most, yeah, that? most of them have gloves. It's cold up there. They've got gloves, face masks. Hey, what's going on? This is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> They're rolling around in a pile, but you can't go high fives. This no guy's high an fives. idiot. I love it. Hey, you know, we're doing everything we can to combat the uh, spread of uh, H1N1 uh, swine flu. Hey? So uh, there'll be no high fives, eh? Hey? And there's really no <laughs> counter-programming to the H1N1. Uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the greatest show on earth. Well, why would there have to be any counter-programming? It's the, it's the best thing ever. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a video clip that's been uh, going around about a Council on Foreign Relations meeting where a whole bunch of uh, uh, you know, academics and doctors and uh, getting together and you know, talking about how, uh, how they combat the negative messaging about uh, H1N1 vaccination. And uh, you know, so they're, they're kind of bantering about trying to come up with ideas as to how they can actually get people to take the vaccine. You know, there's all the anti-vaxxers, etc. And this is the, uh, the 13 seconds in the clip that really does it for everybody that is just too funny. Here, listen to this genius woman who's on the panel who has a great idea. And, of course, listen to how, how they laugh about this great idea. I think what would work better would be to, to, if to say that there was a shortage and people tend to line up more for, for something that in demand. <laughs> we saw that there was one season where really people lined up all night right. to get a flu shot. And, uh, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what they're doing in Canada. Well, but they're doing it here, too. New York Times, it's even gotten better, John. Ooh, the nation is now facing a vaccine shortage for seasonal flu. 
No, this is horrible. <laughs> this is all. They, what, they got the Nintendo marketing guy there that, that did the Wii. <laughs> They're doing the exact, exactly it. Stuff. It is exactly it. They're using the same concept they use for the Wii. I love it. It's great. And in meanwhile, um, they've uh, tested some of the uh, European vaccines, and according to. Uh, I guess uh, French researchers who published this in uh, Le Journal Nature Biotechnologie, um, that there are uh, two specific nanoparticles in, uh, in the vaccine. Now, nanoparticles, of course, this is something that the vaccine industry has been, uh, been looking at for a while because it's supposed to be kind of like the new adjuvant where these, these miniature, miniature particles rush through every, not just your bloodstream, but through cells and everything, making the effect of the, of the vaccine much more powerful. Of course, asbestos is also a nanoparticle, uh, and it's not been tested, but apparently it's in, the, in the, uh, some of the European versions of the vaccine. Oh, that should be, be interesting. I like <laughs> the fact that they're experimenting on the public on mass, yeah. we're not talking about little tests here and there in some podunk area or what they used to do in the south, where they used to get black people and only test on them or prisoners. <laughs> yeah, what happened to the good old days, John? The good old days when they only <laughs> tested on prisoners and and the poor. Now they're testing on the entire public, so nobody has anything to complain about. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, and, and I'm really interested more, I have to say, what am I going to say about, uh, about the safety of it? You know, we won't really know until... Uh, the we'll find out eventually. Eventually, but it's going to take quite a while. So I'm very interested, as you say, in the Nintendo marketing uh, aspect of it. And what I found fascinating in Gitmo Nation East in the Netherlands, contradictory to uh, a study that was just done by uh, CBS News. So CBS uh, polled a number of states independently and said, okay, of all of the cases of people coming into the hospital who think they have swine flu, what percentage of those people actually have swine flu? And it turns out that it was a very small percentage, like 15 or 16%. No, I thought actually. it was less than 10. It was in some cases, it was like, you know, uh, seven, but I'll just say an average was like 10%. Let's just call it an average of 10. In the Netherlands, the... Rijksinstituut voor Volksgezondheid en Milieu, surely you've heard of it, which of course is a governmental body, is saying that 95% of everyone coming into the doctor's office has the Mexican flu, which of course is the European version of, uh, which is their marketing, their brand for uh, swine flu in uh, Europe. Uh, so I just find that fascinating. So either yeah. they're really, yeah. really sick... Or They're someone's... full of crap is what's fascinating about it. Here, let me give you another one. This is we're on the topic. And yes. I, I apologize to people out there who think this is boring because there's, I guess, one person that thinks that. So now they've discovered a cat with swine flu. <laughs> so now the funny thing is the CDC itself and all the everybody says, you know, we don't really test for it where there's really swine flu. We just go by the symptoms because the test is expensive. So why would somebody even test her? If you got a sick cat... Who would suspect it would have swine flu to the point where you test for it? This is bull. And they, now they say there's a swine flu infected dog. Now I'm 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 reminded of a story that came out, and it was when I was used to write uh, op eds for the San Francisco Examiner, and this was in, probably in the mid '80s. There was a scandal over uh, 
grapes coming in from Chile where someone had apparently uh, put cyanide into the batch and all the grape shipments had to be stopped. This was obviously some sort of a commerce scam. And they showed a photo of a grape with a pinprick in it. With where the cyanide was injected into a single grape mm-hmm. amongst, I guess, what, a hundred billion grapes that were coming in from Chile? Mm-hmm. And they showed these, these two grapes with pinpricks, which seemed to me like an unlikely thing to discover if it was even the case. Because it wasn't. It was a, <laughs> I'm examining my grapes for pinpricks. And so I wrote up the, the fact that this obviously was bogus because, you know, it's just impossible to, for this sort of thing to happen. And there was some other backstory that we didn't know, and I never did find out what it was. But it was obviously somebody wasn't getting the right kind of bribe or whatever. And the next thing you know, wait, the grapes are now cleared for import. So they started bringing the grapes in again. And then there was never any follow-up to this bull. Of course I not. mean, there's no way. Meanwhile, so, meanwhile in the Ukraine... People are really dying quickly. Yeah, this there's is, something something going on. And this there. is and this is not swine flu. Uh, Four hundred and seventy eight thousand people have influenza. Over twenty four thousand hospitalized. Uh, Sixty are on ventilators and uh, or on breathing apparatus, and eighty one uh, reported dead. But it's uh, this is the hemorrhagic flu. Am I pronounced that correctly? Yeah, hemorrhagic. Um, and of course. You know, I have a suspicion that uh, this is, you know, Baxter International has a plant up there. Baxter's been known to release shit by their own admission now, in fact. Of course, they've gone unpunished. They've been known to release uh, live viruses in things like, oh, I don't know, you know, flu vaccine. Uh, so, and, you know, they have all kinds of weird stuff going on. Uh, another report here. Well, here's what, here's what gets me about these reports out of, out of this area. It's, um, they say... Uh, it's a particular. They suspect it's a particularly virulent version of H1N1. Wait a minute. Yeah, so that means it would have it, mutated. Then we it all means should be it's freaking a different out. Virus. Yeah, and, and that well, means what we is sh- it then? Has anybody isolated this thing and put it and looked at it under a microscope? Well, I the, mean, what what's well, new? What's the different? World Health Organization, according to AP, said Tuesday it was valid to assume that most of the cases of influenza reportedly sweeping through the Ukraine were caused by the pandemic AH1N1 virus. So they're actually saying. It is uh, the novel H1N1 virus. Oh, no, that you notice the word is in there. The word is in there. Assume. Let me just see that again. Yeah, it is valid to assume. You're right. Assume. There's the word. You know There's what that means? Yeah, bullshit. When you assume. Yeah. Uh, laboratory testing in Ukraine has confirmed pandemic H1N1 influenza virus in samples taken from patients in two of the most affected regions. That means nothing. Uh, and here it is: the highest rate of acute respiratory illness and influenza-like illness. Ah, oh, man! You know, words really do matter. They really do matter, and people just read right over it, right over it. Don't care at all about what's what's being shoved in front of you. Uh, meanwhile, uh, leaked documents from IBM. Yes, the uh, IBM you're thinking of. Only this is from France. Uh, this is from the Services and Global Procurement, Pan-IoT Europe. At IBM, an official interdepartmental document was distributed to upper-level management in 2006, saying that uh, a planned pandemic has a 100% chance of occurring within the next five years. 
The document, what? yes, the document. You can read this online; it's everywhere. The document also describes quarantines and operational procedures to be taken upon the official announcement of the pandemic by the World Health Organization. The foreknowledge of such an event could not exist, of course, unless the pandemic was a planned event. So this is、uh, what some are calling the smoking gun of、uh, this being a. You know, add that with the pat with the patent on the、uh, genetically engineered swine flu virus. Two years before swine flu, and this is also in 2006 when IBM released this inter、uh, inter office document. As evidenced by the document, IBM's primary concerns are focused on maintaining their workforce even under an official quarantine and the continuation of sales and services to their clients. Because what a lot of people don't know is IBM's biggest business is actually a service business, not selling you know your ThinkPad. It's, yeah, it means they have to go out in the field a lot and give high fives. <laughs> our, our strategy is simple: we go out and we high five, we high five people and give them swine flu. Yeah. So the、uh, <coughs> the government, the CDC, has、uh, put together an advisory committee on immunization practices. Do you think, by the way, that maybe this has all been known by the Obamas from the beginning, and that's why they do that fist bump thing because it's like <laughs> safer? I like that. That's an awesome theory, ladies and gentlemen. From now on, you are no longer、uh, allowed to shake hands. You will fist each other. Fisting—it's safe for everybody. Hey, kids, don't don't shake fist. I can hear the commercials already. It's going to be awesome.、Oh. So they、uh, put together this advisory committee on immunization practices concerning prevention of、uh, the plague. Which, by the way, the plague does exist,、uh, John. Oh yeah, the actual plague, and there's still like a couple thousand people a year in the United States who、yeah. die from the plague. Yeah, it's just it's it's more it's, if it's diagnosed correctly immediately, it's, it's you know shot of antibiotics takes it out. So anyway, so they, so they put this、uh, this panel together. And on this panel, the 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 leader, the chairperson, is、uh, Professor Marie McCormick, and、uh, so she's in charge of making sure that all the vaccines are safe. And you know, essentially, it's a it's a marketing panel who's going to be sitting out there saying it's safe. Go ahead, don't worry about it. You know, the, don't look、uh, over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. Which, of course, will be、uh, varied with.、Uh, So I look up her history, see who this woman is, and by the way, I encourage you whenever you see a press release, just go ahead and look up a bio of some of these people.、Uh, this woman,、uh, Marie McCormick, chaired the Immunization Safety Review Committee of the Institute of Medicine, which produced a seminal report. What does seminal mean, John? That means the、uh, the most recent, most the、uh, most recent, most definitive, the one that you look to to get the the, the actual、uh, dope. Okay. Dope. So the seminal report, the truth, I guess we could say, that emphasized, which of course is already、uh, a weakening word there, the lack of evidence for a link between autism and the MMR vaccine. So she's a shill. She's not independent. She's already predisposed to thinking that there's no link between vaccinations and、uh, certain neurological diseases. Yeah, well, that's what the report indicated. Right, but she's on this panel that's supposed to be making sure everything's safe. Well, she probably's got on the payroll of a drug company. Let's face it. 
It's, 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 it's questionable. But, you know, the problem is there's only so many people in the world that do this kind of work. And so they're going to be cross, you know, referenced all over the place. And so you never really know. That's true. Meanwhile, my, <laughs> you my, know, it's not as though you can find somebody that has no links to any drug companies that happens to be working in the drug industry. It's just not going to happen. I was shopping uh, for my favorite breakfast cereal, Cocoa Krispies. You have got- <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a fit? We, we blog this, by the way. <laughs> the now, now helps support your child's immunity. They've got this huge immunity banner on Cocoa Krispies. This this is a museum item. It's a collector's. Yeah, it is a museum item. You're right. You're absolutely right. This is something. Everybody out there, you should do yourself a favor. (laughs) Get some Cocoa Krispies. (laughs) Throw the Cocoa Krispies out because they're going to get bugs in them. (laughs) No, no, they'll uh, last forever. Nothing will happen. The Cocoa Krispies never die, (laughs) they're they're rocks. You can keep those around forever. Don't open the box, it'll be worth more. So <laughs> well, that's you know t- technically you're right, but I just have my doubts that the thing would hold up, and maybe. So anyway, just for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, and I'll put uh, links to everything we talk about is in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Literally, Cocoa Krispies is a huge yellow banner with blue words across the bottom that says basically now with immunity. <laughs> Helps support your child's immunity. So what they've done is, I guess they've sprayed like some vitamin A, C, and E onto this crap. Like, is they, that what they, they, is that what you've you've discovered? Yes, yeah. That so that's how it helps your immunity. They can't lie, you know. And and vitamin A, C, and E are known to to fight. Actually, they should put some D in there if they really want to be right. And uh, the way they market that is, you know, now helps support your child's immunity. Yeah, I guess if you ate fifty <laughs> boxes of the stuff, you might have the equivalent of one pill. <laughs> and meanwhile, the FDA is out there sending nasty letters and fining and, and threatening to arrest people who have like some herbal medicine that you know might help you against H1N1 and stuff like I don't know vitamin D3. You know they're telling people to take down websites or go to jail. And then Cocoa Krispies is just coming out with this now with so help support your child's immunity. <laughs> it's it's so oh we love the corruption yeah we love it and, and you know and we love it and we love bringing it to you i have a question john last week i tried something new with our donations i i really got in people's face i hit them in the mouth did it make a difference no what it did actually is we got uh we're going to go over the don- donors this week uh we got some bigger donations but we didn't get more donations by any means in fact i think it was probably less so even should- though the total the total was good but it wasn't uh, anything so fantastic. maybe i shouldn't do that anymore then well you and your experiments you know are, are dubious <laughs> but let's go <laughs> well you try it this week you go ahead i will ladies and gentlemen go to the noagendashow.com or dvorak.org slash na and donate we please 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 donate we will we'll make the show better <laughs> how's that albert 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 very good <laughs> okay so let's do a few, let's give let's some run down the call list. outs yeah please sterling ellsworth he's in for the seventh time with 77 77, 77. fantastic well that's it it was nice knowing you <laughs> pretty much <laughs> thank thank Unless we really appreciate more, it. i don't know you know eight is a lucky number in china <laughs> you could always go for 777 times either way i really appreciate that that's been a fun donation to watch i don't know what uh he's going to do for an encore but um it's pretty funny i like it so anyway he's in santa barbara and he's uh 
It's funny because he kind of was laid back for a while because he had the seventh one. He puts and he sends a little note on the PayPal thing. Says number seven. Yeah, like that's yeah. it. Just like we weren't counting, dude. And then we have a guy, uh, Eric Pras, P R A S E R I K. Where do you think he might be? Spell from? that again. P R A S. P R A S. I don't know. He could be from um, Scandinavia. Marsen. Marsen, which is Denmark. Netherlands. Oh, Marsen. Double A. I'm sorry, your your pronunciation kind of threw me off. <laughs> oh yes, I'm sorry. How do you, what's your name? Marson. 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 Sounds like he's from Scotland. Yeah, it's kind of the he same thing. He gave us fifty. Then we have, uh, uh, of course, our producer, our executive producer Scott Rodriguez, who's actually a knight from Santa Ana, gave us two fifty, and uh, he he did ask for a favor, which we we complied since the whatever the knights tell us we do. Yeah, we are and, completely at uh, at the beck and call and service of our knights, and in this case, uh, Scott asked us to call his friend Jose on his birthday, and. Uh, didn't Jose, didn't, wasn't there something else he asked us to do? Wasn't there another thing that I saw come in on no, email? No, not really. Yeah, there was. No. Oh, no? I don't think so. You're just ignoring it? You, you, yeah, there was something, John. Well, I'll, I'll go back and look at the uh, notes in a second. I'll Let look me at just it. finish the, I'll look at this. It. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, and now we have another, we have a, ha- did we do John Perseel in Hamburg? No, I guess not. I don't think so. P E R S I E L. It sounds like a Dutch name to me. Mm, could be. A Yan. Could be. P E R S I E L per seal. I don't know. Anyways, in Hamburg, gave us 5555, which is kind of interesting. And then uh, Robert Christie in uh, Chatham. That must be the UK. UK. And he gave us uh, 50. Yes. Which is about $7.50 in, uh, in pounds. And uh, by the way, the Canadian money is, uh, they keep changing it constantly. What do you mean? Well, they—I mean—they they keep bringing out new bills, and you can't find the old bills. I—I I, I dug up my old really? Canadian money and brought it up to him. He says, "Oh, he says, don't spend that money, eh? It's worth more money than it's worth spending for." Anyway, fifty-three dollars from David Austin in Irvine, and he wanted us to make sure to note that fifty-three is Einstein's prime number. It's also the uh, atomic number for iodine. Which I think is oh, more nice, nice. Uh, James Goots in Padden City, West Virginia. Did we have? Didn't I do Goots last week? I'm I not don't sure. think so. It's okay. Fifty-one fifty, which is you know. Yeah, the, I think the you actually did. Yeah, well, we, we get fifty-one fifty a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's the free hollow books guy. That's who that is. Oh yeah, he, you know he. So, so he he said he would put together a, a hollow book for me, and he says, uh, "So what, what about bo- me? Do I get a hollow book?" Well, so he, uh, yeah, in fact, I'll have him make two. He said, what book do you want it to be? I said, Atlas Shrugged, of course. <laughs> so he, he went out and he says, man, the hardcover of Atlas Shrugged, they want like 700 bucks for it. I said, ah, dude, I'm sure I can find a hardcover cheaper somewhere for you. Well, we'll see if we can find him and then let him do him. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Peck out of Melbourne, Australia. Australia. I just saw that movie, Australia, with uh, Nicole Kidman. Have you ever seen yeah, that movie? It? Oh my god, it's fun. it's phenomenal. And I'm not a big Kidman fan. Uh and this is the one with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I saw it in HD on HBO. Fantastic movie. 
I the, the reviews came in on it. I thought they were decidedly mixed, so I never went because out of my there were way no there were no huge explosions, and she didn't flash her tits. I mean, come on, that's what that's what movies that make money have to show. No, this was a a beautiful story, uh, actual a bit of history about uh, the Japanese attacking Darwin, which uh, not a lot of people know, but the Japanese did attack Darwin. Um, Darwin, Australia, Darwin, not Australia. Darwin, not Charles Darwin. <laughs> Poor, poor bastard. And um, it was just, it was a really beautiful story. And if you've never been to Australia, even if you have, which I have, it's just, you see this country and you just, it's like, oh my God, particularly in HD, it's just an outstanding story. Also about the uh, Aboriginal children who are uh, taken away. Uh, so the mixed race known as the Creamies. So that was uh, typically a white father, uh, Aboriginal or black mother. Because uh, not all blacks in Australia at the time were Aboriginal. Yeah, they would take the even. kids away. Yeah, they take them away and give them to the to the church. The church would take care of them. Do you know that that wasn't abolished until 1973? Wow. Yeah, that went on for quite a while. Yeah, anyway, that's uh, it was a good movie. I'm sorry. That's a movie recommendation from Andrew Curry. <laughs> Andrew. Yeah. So uh, what? What is that? Well, I, I was reading Andrew Peranchuk, and then I was I mixed and I said Andrew because I'm reading I'm looking at the word because Andrew. you're old. So uh, Andrew Curry, sorry, Adam Peranchuk. No, I'm sorry, Andrew Peranchuk, and he's in. By the way, he has a uh, an email address. I'm not going to say his address, but it's an interesting one. Um, he's from Etobicoke. E T O B I C O K E. Don't tell me that's another Dutch place you're, that you're that you're. No, it's in Ontario, Canada. As a matter of fact. Oh, okay. And I would like somebody to get me uh, some information on why this town was named this. Anyway, Andrew Peranchuk. That's uh, fifty. And onward to uh, Michael. I don't know. I, I think people just. It, it, there's another one in Milton, Canada. Milton, on we're getting I, good comments from Canada. I think it's actually uh, it's a it's a new practice of our uh, listeners slash producers who are just making up last names just to see if you can like bumble <laughs> through Michael. them long enough. He's gonna be mm-hmm. like uh, Mike Hunt from uh, from Alberta, Canada. Mike uh, Hunt. Seymour Butts from uh, Ben Dover. Maya Maya as in Gaia Maya Tico. It's M A. I A T I C O. Uh, I guess another fifty he bucks. I bet fifty one seventy one, which Very is nice. probably something. I now have to look back and see if it's anything. Uh, and then we have Leonard Rakuma. Well, that's the Dutch name. Spell that for me. R e n k e m a. Rinkema. 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 Leonard Rinkema. <laughs> Who gave us two hundred and twenty-two dollars and twenty-two cents? Here, try this. Ich bin ein Rücker, brother. Uh, then we have our our, our knights in waiting. Uh, Tristan Lennon. We've had him. Uh, he's just contributing generally. Mike Westerfield, of course. Uh, and uh, then we have John Snyder, who has a palindrome of fifty dollars and five cents. Nice. And he's in Chicago. Well done. So he know, he knows the ropes and that's Gitmo it. Central. That's it, huh? 
Yeah, that's it. You're that's right. it. That's your scheme. So try your scheme again, John. I, I really liked it. Would you like a little bit of music? Oh, man, or? we need the money so bad. Can you please help us out? By the way, we do want to thank everybody who's even given us lesser amounts, and there's plenty of that. And, oh, and there goes the phone. Uh, uh, I am now. Donations are coming in as we speak, John. It's phenomenal how well it works. <laughs> They're dialing them in right then and there. Gotta love it. I keep going back in 15 or actually in half an hour. Yeah. No, yeah, no ha- half an hour is much closer. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much for uh, your donations. We desperately want to move to a third day a week. Uh, we are certainly not on track to do that at this moment. Uh, but if every one of our listeners gave us $5 a year, it could happen tomorrow. That's the numbers. Yeah. That is the absolute truth in the numbers. It's that yeah. simple. Uh, well, no agenda- you know, these guys that keep writing in like the... Uh- complaining <laughs> yeah you know if if all that energy you spent typing your complaint letters just click on the paypal button at noagendashow.com or at dvorak.org slash na and uh we'll do what you want or become a knight and we'll do completely what you want you know if you're a knight you you truly are uh in charge of the show wouldn't you agree john i absolutely i mean we do all kinds of stuff uh, the favorites for our friends by the way um I have another donation that just came in, or kind of came in today. Jeremy Peck, and I have to. The reason I'm going to bring it, throw it into this week, is because it's fifty dollars. But he's got a uh, a, uh, a comment that I need to read. He's uh, by the way in. Uh, oh, he's the guy in Melbourne. Okay, that's so, Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne. 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 Yeah, he, anyway, Peck has this. Uh, I decided to donate because at work I overheard someone recommending Atlas Shrugged. Yay. So there's our Atlas Shrugged mention. Where's the bell? No. To someone else, I was going to tell them that the book sucks. But instead, <laughs> I thought it would be more fun for them to suffer. <laughs> fun it's a, for it's a, Ayn Rand haters only. If, if you really want to know what's going on and how we can get out of this horrible mess that has been created, then have a read of this book written by uh, yeah, Ayn Yeah, and you'll, Rand. Ha- you'll, have no, you'll be no further along. <laughs> you'll feel much better. You will. All right. Um, no agenda show. Somebody sent me in a really long thing, but I can't. Well, we'll do it next week. But, but that would require you to stay awake long enough to read it. So yeah, why? So anyway, that? yeah. Thanks to everybody. And this, of course, this takes up a lot of time. And one of these days, we'll have to uh, uh, move the uh, minimum. Well, well but it's a it's a very simple uh, it's a very simple formula. If every one of our listeners slash producers gave us five dollars, they would all fall under the fifty dollar level. We wouldn't have to mention them all. Yeah, it's real well, simple. I like, I like uh, people that give us a t- couple hundred dollars. I think that say they're, they they, I they totally feel the need to do it. They get the, the the job title in the case of Rodriguez and the guys whose name I can't pronounce and Brinkema, um, um, and they get you know it looks good on the bio. So there is a there's another. Um there's a, there's another new we've had uh, all kinds of w- interesting illnesses that the uh, pharmaceutical industry is making uh, drugs for there's a new one that I can't wait to try you mean like restless leg syndrome well there's uh there's that there's viagra of course there's uh yeah a, a number of uh, a number of interesting you know uh, irritable bowel disease which by the way people actually do suffer from uh, irritable, 
uh, irritated bowels, but you know, to come up with this generalization of irritable bowel disease is kind of bullshit. But the FDA uh, has identified female sexual dysfunction, which is uh, FSD, better known as restless vagina syndrome. And uh, there's a drug for it, John. Lexafem. Lexafem? Yes, because you're not alone. You're among the 43... You're you're among the 40... You've got to see the website. You're among the 43% of American women who experience some degree of impaired sexual function. And this is according to the Journal of American Medical Association, the AMA, who's uh, working with the FDA, have an evolving definition of FSD. That is, Oh, uh, yeah, you have to have an evolving definition. Yeah, not horny. <laughs> not horny. <laughs> so what happens if, someone, if, if, if a guy and a girl get together and she's popping Lexifem and he's popping Viagra? I mean, do you just stick it in and the shit explodes? I mean, what's going to happen? I don't know. Anyway, the Lexifem... Somebody's going to have a heart attack. That's what I can tell you. The, uh, Lexif- it can't be good. The Lexifem pills uh, contain horny goat weed extract. What? Horny goat weed extract. Is that true? Yeah, that's what it says on their website. In order to, quote, feel like a real woman today, you won't ever feel unhappy again with Lexafem in your arsenal. (laughs) That's even better. I want to do the commercial for that. I I, I will do the voiceover for that commercial gratis. So this came in, if you look it up, on the, uh, on the Google. Uh, and by the way, we do have a, a lecture coming up next week for you from Ukraine. Well, I got a nasty note from somebody saying it's not the Ukraine, it's, it's Ukraine. That, that is correct, and I stand corrected. It is Ukraine. You're right. And I actually caught myself doing it but tried to cover it up. But it's not an unusual usage, by the way, because there are other countries like the Czech Republic and the United States of America, which throw the the in because it just sounds better, because you sound like an idiot. If you say, where are you going? I'm going to United States of America. You know, you need <laughs> yeah. to put the the in there. Yeah. And so, and people are used to saying the Ukraine. And it's, you know, I'm going to Ukraine. I, I apologize. Sound like, you know, no, I apologize. It it's sounded sh- dumb. It sounded dumb. What can I say? It's, it's just, they, but the Ukrainians apparently don't like. By the way, uh, Edmonton, Ontario, where I was. By, I mean, what am I saying? Edmonton, Alberta, where I was. Edmonton, Andrew, mm-hmm. uh, where I was. Uh, where is were you? Loaded with Ukrainians. And I went to a Ukrainian restaurant and had an outstanding meal. Hey, you didn't high five anybody, did you? No, I, you do not high five in Canada anymore. Good. I was looking for someone to fist. <laughs> All right, I got a couple of clips I want to play. Wait, wait, wait. Let me get back to the point. <laughs> Please. Horny goat weed is all over the net if you look it up. Horny goat weed. And mm-hmm. it's, it keeps cropping up as an aphrodisiac. Yeah, well, what do you think the uh, restless vagina syndrome needs? It needs a little pumping up, baby. Are you suffering from restless vagina syndrome? You with can le- buy it in gas stations. With Lexafem in your arsenal, you'll never suffer again. Oh, this is one of those phony things like those male enhancement things. It's just a, a bunch of herbs thrown together. This is but not from a drug company. Look at Lexifem. Look at Lexifem. L-E-X-I-F-E-M dot com. Lexifem. There it is. 
This is look here. It is the Journal of American Medical Association reported. I, got, I didn't get anything. I got Comcast. Lexafem.com. L e x a f e m. L e x a f e m. Lexafem. Testimonials. Ordered the Lexafem and oh, yeah. used for the cool. first this time. This is not by a drug company. This look, is one of those. It just looks like a, a porn site. But look at what they're claiming. Look at look at all of these uh, FDA. Uh, here, um, common questions. I think it is. This, this, this is, is like one of those. This, this is like is, the male enhancement. This is crap. just the beginning, John. This is just the beginning. The AMA and FDA are getting into this. So right now it's got no. the horny goat weed. Wow. Yeah. Increased desire, improved energy levels, more intense orgasms. Yeah, where's the contraindications if this is any sort of drug at all? It's not even on here. Okay. This, is a, this, is a, this is bull. This is just a crappy herbal nothing. It's the start. I've look. I've got. I've got the uh, the FSD. I want to see this. I want to see this Journal of American Medical Good. Association. Good. So go to the John. After the show is uploaded, go to noagendashow.com and you can see the American Medical Association's article about um, FSD. These guys are just starting out. This is how it works. They start out and they model the stuff out with some, you know, some crackpot remedy, and then they come out with a real drug. I mean, like Viagra. We need Viagra. How about getting a hotter wife or a girlfriend? That's the problem. Look at the commercial. They're all ugly and unhappy women. No wonder these guys can't get it up. (laughs) All right, Al Gore was on uh, Gitmo Nation East Television on Tuesday. Uh, with one of my uh, favorite uh, journalists, Jerry pa- uh, Jeremy Paxman, who uh, I know you're familiar with, John. The guy's fantastic. Yes, I actually do uh, admire him. Yeah, he's and because he gets in people's face, he kind of has our, our formula. And he had uh, former Vice President uh, Al Gore, uh, who, by the way, is uh, I think he's just released his uh, his new book, hasn't he? Oh, what a coincidence! <laughs> really? And do you think it, it coincides at all with the Copenhagen uh, conference, which is coming up the beginning of December? Hmm. Hmm. So uh, Jeremy gets in his face, uh, and I, I don't have video; I only have the audio. And one of uh, actually one of our producers, uh, Robert Wright from Gitman Nation East, actually pulled the clips for us, which I highly appreciate. He gave me a rundown with the clips. And because uh, he just couldn't believe some of the stuff that was uh, was happening, and of course it's important to spread the media assassination worldwide through our um, through our little show here. We will have a link to the actual video, and because I, I have it right in front of me, and I'll send it to you right now. Good. Uh, so uh, th- there's no real uh, setup for the first clip, other than this is really um, Gore's. Thank you, John. This is really Gore's intent and his his mission right now, and what he's telling people we need to do to uh, save the world. We're predisposed to short-term thinking because our ancestors survived challenges that we are prone to immediately respond to, and yet we also have the capability to form values based on self-interest and our duty to the next generation and then stick to them. The great cathedrals were built by multiple generations staying on task for many decades. We now have to build a kind of metaphorical green cathedral. (laughs) There it is. The metaphorical green cathedral. 
Wow. Yeah, and and actually his book. Um, what a crock! No, no, I can't wait to read this book, and you and you know I will. Uh, if I can get through uh, Atlas Shrugged, I also Shrugged, can't I can wait anything. to avoid this book. No, I'm going to read it. Good. Somebody's uh, going to read it. It's going to be you. Uh, let me let me tell you what uh, what's in this book. I think it's like crap. <laughs> yes, of course it's crap. But we ha- we can't slam it if we don't read it. Oh yeah, which, which is you know I need some money to buy the book. I can just book. be bigoted. Okay, in his latest book, Our Choice: A Plan to Solve the Climate Crisis. The man who won the Nobel Prize in 2007 for his touring slideshow on disappearing polar ice and other consequences of climate change concludes simply laying out the facts won't work. So what he's done is a a training program. He has a Christian-based training program, a Muslim training program, and a Jewish program, and also a Hindu program that he's uh, still working on. What about he's, the Rosicrucians? How do they leave them out? Well, the, no service for them. He's trained 200 Christian ministers and lay leaders in Nashville uh, to help people teach, I guess, how to set up the green religion and the green religion cathedral. So this is the new thing. He's trying to play it through uh, through the religious, which is uh, interesting. So then, of course, Jeremy Paxman lays into uh, Gore's own behavior of, uh, you know, like, hey, dude, are you uh, smoking your own dope here? Because, uh, you know, you've got, uh, how big is that house? 25,000 square feet, completely lit up all the time. He's got 18 monitors on, 24 hours a day, hooked up to his Mac. You suggest that tackling this problem will involve huge changes in human behavior. How have you changed your behavior? Well, well first of all, I, we have changed out our light bulbs and windows and dug geothermal. <laughs> I know, I love that. We've dug holes. Wells and covered our roof with solar panels and switched to hybrid cars and I'm walking the walk. And That is so... So much bullshit because I've seen him, him and his posse parked outside uh, an office in uh, on Sand Hill Road. He's got an right. SUV. He doesn't. Have, it's, it's not a hybrid. It's an SUV, and he's got two two troopers, two state trooper cars there. It's, it's, it's crap. That's a yeah. Lie. He's a liar. Yeah. Not just talking the talk. So you- <laughs> I am just bullshitting the talk. You remember the embarrassment? You remember the embarrassment uh, in two thousand and six when it was shown that you had a combined natural gas and electricity bill of thirty thousand dollars a year. What is it now? <laughs> well, our natural gas bill has been virtually completely eliminated. Because now we're just burning little children. All of our electricity then and now comes from renewable sources. Uh, so, as, as I say, and, and uh, I've, I've long since uh, uh, committed to this uh, path, and am proud to have yeah, done but so. What is your bill now, Al? That was the question. So, of course, he doesn't answer that. Uh, then, of course, the uh, the all important question. Uh, hey, you, you know, know Paxton could have said. Paxman could have said. Well, okay, so then what is your bill now? Yeah, well, you know, but Paxman, he's still a shill, even though we like him. Then uh, Paxman asked the uh, the question that is on everyone's mind is, uh, hey, man, you know, you're promoting all this stuff, but aren't you benefiting from it at the same time? Um, there is one other element in your advocacy here that people are slightly concerned about, Mr. Gore. It is this. It is that you advocate new technologies to deal with this problem of carbon emissions while at the same time investing in those technologies yourself. The suggestion is there are really mixed motives here. (laughs) Well, I've advocated these policies for more than 30 years. uh, 
Do you recall that actually, John? I thought it was all about um, him and Tipper were all about labeling rap CDs. I don't recall him, you know, talking about green stuff twenty, thirty years ago. Do you? He had a uh, he had an early book out uh, around the time that he was running for president when he was pushed aside by Clinton and became vice president around nineteen ninety, which would be yeah, but that was uh, ten years ago. No, that would, no, be, 20, that would be 20 years ago. 20 I'm years sorry, ago. you're right. So he's running he from, said 30 yeah. years ago, which would put it back to 1980. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's possible. But, but it hasn't been like center stage. It's kind of what he's implying No, I mean, he, he's mostly been environmentalism, too. He only got into this carbon kick uh, recently when, I, I, you know, a lot of people believe it's possibly, you know, somewhere along the line, he, you know, when he get, became bitter over losing the presidency and he's decided to just exploit the system. Uh, he's essentially modeling this after a certain cap and trade um thing that was done with SO2 some some time ago I think in the 70s and What's uh, SO2? The uh, sulfur dioxide. This uh-huh. is during the the last great scare that was going to ruin everything. Oh, it was it was, it was sulfur dioxide that was going to kill us all. How did yeah, we solve that? I'm so sulfur. happy we fixed that. What did we do exactly to stop? We didn't sulfur? really do that much that we weren't doing already. Okay. Uh, but they did a cap and trade thing to uh, to incentivize people to scrub the sulfur dioxide. But out of course, we didn't we didn't have the the really good high trading systems. It wasn't simple to put up. No, a, no, like a new no, no. Now it's a lot different. I, yeah, I, I now agree. it's easy. Yeah, you just throw yeah, it together. Essentially, was to get people to put scrubbers on their damn smokestacks, which is not a big deal, and it takes all the sulfur dioxide out, and you actually actually can probably process that and make uh, you know sulfuric acid out of it. If I think, I don't know what they did with it, but or neutralize it, I suppose. But anyway, whatever the case was, it, it incentivized people to to scrub the gases coming out of the stacks, and that was the end of sulfur, the sulfur dioxide problem. And that so was we, a good thing, but you can't do that with the with CO two. You can't scrub it. No, you can't get it out, and you know. Do our own version of cap and trade, whereas um, you shut up for ten minutes and I get to breathe out. That would work, and I pay you. Make that a market. Yeah, (laughs) I think a lot of people would give us a lot of money for that. Yeah, if we shut up. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good one. The other thing, of course, Gore. You you have another clip? Yeah, I got one more. Okay, now we have to mention Gore's kind of promoting vegetarian. Well, that's my last clip, obviously. So if you just give me one second, I'll uh, finish up with with his mixed motives. These policies for more than 30 years, uh, and while the majority of my business activity in the last nine years since I left public service has not been in that area, of course I invest in ways that are consistent with my values and beliefs. Were I not to, I would be criticized as a hypocrite. I'm proud to do so, and I encourage everyone to do the same slick to go thank you very, very much very very slick okay here's his uh here's his uh vegan ve- vegetarianism question have you become a vegetarian <laughs> no i have not although uh, for health reasons uh, along with uh, climate reasons have reduced the amount <laughs> of meat in my diet and looking at the guy you know i don't think he's reduced his intake of meat it looks like he ate himself. <laughs> He's huge. He's absolutely huge. You know what? He he eats at Umbria all the time, uh, which is right down the street from. Uh, he does. From where, yeah, I think he either know the owner was a school buddy of his or something. Yeah, you'll see his non-hybrid SUV sitting out there all the time with a patrol car. I'm gonna, when he's there next. I'm going to walk in and see what he's eating. I bet you it's and that's an Italian place, an outstanding Italian restaurant. 
I, I bet you it's not going to be just pure I've food. I've never thought the place was that good. Yeah. I've reduced the amount of meat in my diet, and of course, as we all know, it's much healthier to uh, have more vegetables and fruits instead of meat. And actually, the growing meat intensity of diets around the world is a sure. legitimate issue where climate uh, is concerned. <laughs> and we all should become vegetarian, shouldn't we? We should all become vegetarians if we're concerned about well, the Well, I, I don't plan to. I respect those who do, but it's a personal choice and will remain so. <laughs> ah, nice. Well, there's a, a vegetarian agenda behind all this because they, you know, because the cow is farting. Yes. So. so please do keep your eye on COP15. That's the United Nations Climate Change Conference in Copenhagen. Uh, which is coming up on uh, December 7th through December 18th. This is where uh, many are claiming our sovereignty will be signed away by President Obama as, uh, as we basically sign up for this huge deal where uh, uh, we'll be giving away trillions, eventually trillions, but initially billions of dollars to uh, developing nations so that they can actually... I don't know. It's, it all has to do with pollute CO2. the earth. Pollute the earth. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, meanwhile, Gore refuses to show up to debate the issues once again, as the Wall Street Journal reports. Um, the Wall Street Journal's economics conference in Santa Barbara. He was scheduled to appear with uh, our buddy, our newly minted Gitmo Nation resident, Vaclav Klaus, the uh, president of the Czech Republic, who just. Uh, completed the Lisbon Treaty deal, but of course he's a noted skeptic on global warming. Uh, but Mr. Gore changed his schedule. Uh, he couldn't appear, unfortunately. Oh, oh gee. Because <laughs> he's got so many things to do. He's so incredibly busy. He has to polish these Nobel Prize awards. <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting tarnished. He's polishing his knob. Oxidized. Yeah. Did you, I was listening. I saw a lot of people send me this clip uh, just to show you how it works. Uh, how the debate m moves into the uh, into the popular culture. Yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to do that. I, I won't even. I don't. You know, know I want to ask that. people out there to do us a favor. We have a lot of lit. Uh, we have litany on this show of certain things that we've kind of over the over time kind of agreed to uh, agree upon. Uh, you know, there's things that we don't agree upon, like flying saucers and and grays and things like that. But there are certain things we do agree upon, and I would like somebody to to, to put down a litany of the kind of the base beliefs of the show and the listeners and so far as you know essentially most of it has to do with the why, media being full of crap and the government being corrupt why would you want that john i want it because i'm i'm working on i would like to work <gasps> it's on a new a, book a proclamation oh Oh, so people can at least have a clue about what we're about. What we're but about. I'm not sure that we can deconstruct it ourselves. I think there's probably a couple of listeners out there who can give us a list. So what I did is just see a list of. of <laughs> I, I got it for you. You don't need it, John. You don't need it. It's very simple. It's very very simple. Screw the government. Global warming is bullshit. Now pass me the steak and good wine. <laughs> That's our proclamation right there. So uh, anyway, I'd like to see a list personally, so uh, of what you think we're saying, because I, I, I also want to see what what people are hearing, because I'm not that's, absolutely that's sure. Good. I mean, I'm interested in that. 
that what we're uh, I want, saying I want, is. I want to thank uh, Universal and uh, Has Been and Boss, a uh, bunch of guys who were in the uh, No Agenda chat room early this morning at noagendachat.com. Um, Hillary Clinton uh, made it a, quite a, an extraordinary statement in Pakistan in, uh, what is it, Low, low Air? Uh, I think it's Low Air. Uh, Lahore, I'm sorry. Lahore, Lahore, Pakistan. Lahore and Lahore. Lahore, <laughs> Lahore Pakistan. And, every, and I wanted to get a soundbite of it, but uh, apparently she only said it behind closed doors to some reporters <clears throat> who... Um, uh, there were no cameras or recording devices. Is this devices. the one where she said that they're not doing enough about Al-Qaeda? It's, no, it's a little bit better than that. Uh, and, but what was interesting is one of the guys in the chat room actually found it on Hillary Clinton's own website at state.gov slash secretary. Uh, so here she is uh, speaking at the roundtable with business leaders. Uh, so I'll just, I can't do the, the Hillary voice. But here's the quote that's the most interesting. Uh, so at some point, when you ask for partnership, you have to ask what the equity stake, state is that Pakistan itself is looking to make because it's difficult to go to our taxpayers and say, we consider Pakistan a strategic partner. We consider it a long-term friend and ally. We have supported it since its inception in 1947. We want to continue to do so and have our taxpayers and our members of Congress say, well... We want to help those who help themselves, and we tax everything that moves and doesn't move, and that's not what we see happening in Pakistan. So the way I read this is she's actually saying, hey, in the States, <laughs> we tax everything that moves and doesn't move. But they're not doing that in Pakistan, so that's bad. Yeah, but it's bad that they're doing it here. That's an admission that we're, oh, tax yeah, no, that I, we're taxing yeah, everything. We do. We tax it. Well, that's what we've been saying all along. That This is one of the most, you know, the United States also likes to go along with, well, you know, we're, we have lower taxes than any other country, especially those crazy Europeans. They tax everything. And yeah, they do tax everything, but they tax it differently. We are, our, our taxes are mostly sneak taxes. Yeah. They're done on the side. Excise and it turns taxes. out we got about 70% tax rate here. And then and finally, when I fly to, I'm sorry, when I fly, you get in an airplane, your tax for this, your, the main a number of taxes, go, go stay in a hotel room. Holy crap, the, the taxes are, there's the state tax, there's the city tax, there's the room Tour, tax, tourism there's the tax. bed sheet tax, there's the water tax, there's, <laughs> there's a porn tax, there's taxes on everything. It's an outrage, I tell you. And then finally, for me, uh, the Science Museum in the United Kingdom is quite a respectable museum. Uh, John, I'm sure you've been there. Yep, and uh, apparently now they've gone green. They have not only gone green, they've gone climate change. And uh, they've got the science behind it. And uh, you can be a part of Prove It now, courtesy of the sciencemuseum.org.uk. Prove it that uh, climate change exists and it's man-made. And you can actually participate by saying... Well, you can agree to the following statement. I've seen the evidence, and I want the government to prove they're serious about climate change by negotiating a strong, effective, fair deal at Copenhagen. And then you can either hit... So wait, wait. So what you're telling me is the museum has become, instead of being a museum to educate people, but it's become an advocacy group. Correct. And even the Prove It logo is green. And they have a little badge. All the evidence you need to 
How do to people, believe in how climate do, you know, how change? How do these creeps infiltrate organizations? Like, because you know there's a, some creep that's infiltrated the organization and changed the museum from being just a simple uh, being a, a museum. museum. A museum, yeah. We're just cool stuff to look at into, a, into an entire climate change organization. But here's the kicker. So you can either click on count me in or count me out. And uh, so you go to a, a form where you can fill in your name and your email address and it says here, to be counted in, just tell us who you are. We'll pass the results on to the government to let them know where you stand. Good, guys. Uh, could I recommend you not do that? Interesting to note that uh, so far, 1,825 people have said, count me in. I agree with the evidence. 6,428 have said, count me out. I don't agree with it. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I like that. That's cool. But man, it's like, just give us your email address. And uh, even if you don't agree, we'll let the government know. Don't worry. And yeah, nothing to worry about. Nothing at all to worry about. And uh, I might as well add this then. There's a lot of good uh, UK news. Of course, the UK is a, is a beta test for what's coming in the United States. So it's good to look at it. Um, the police have now uh, created a database. Of course, they create databases every minute over there. Um, to log that way, they can lose them in the subway. Well, here's yeah. In the, they oops, I lost the memory stick. Um, this will be to log domestic extremists. And this is a great. This is a new word. This is a new phrase. Domestic extremists. Mm. So uh, the Guardian <clears throat> has uh, revealed that there's now a, a a new police unit, a Gitmo Nation unit called the National Public Order Intelligence Unit, or OPOYU, and it will be running a central beta database which lists thousands of so-called domestic extremists. Uh, it will uh, track vehicles associated with protesters through their nationwide system of automatic number plate recognition cameras, better known as ANPR. Uh, police surveillance, surveillance units known as forward intelligence teams, FIT, and evidence gatherers will record footage and take photographs of campaigners as they enter and leave openly advertised public meetings. So if you basically go and protest, which is a basic right, uh, even in the UK, it's still a right. As long as you get, as long as you get a license, then you can protest. Uh, they're going to write you up. They'll have spotter cards so they can identify faces of targeted individuals. I mean, this is getting pretty nasty. Yeah, well, hey, welcome to Guy Fox Day. Yes. And over here in the United States, and John, this uh, is really important for you and I, uh, the Philadelphia office of the FBI has instructed tattoo shops to keep an eye on their customers. And they've uh, handed out a little list, uh, and there's a, a copy of this list in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Uh, and you should call the FBI if you have customers who come into your tattoo shop who, A, provide identification that is inconsistent or suspect or demands identity privacy, B, insists on paying with cash, 
Gee, C, I never heard of such a thing at a tattoo shop. Here's my favorite. C, significantly alters appearance from visit to visit, such as shaving beard, changing hair color, or style of dress, etc. Half the people that go into tattoo parlors do that. Here's my favorite. If you have customers who come in who have missing hand or fingers, chemical burns, strange odors, or bright colored stains on clothing, you should report them. Well, they're looking for meth guys. They're looking, they're looking for Ram Emanuel is who they're looking yeah. for. If, they, if someone makes racist or extreme religious statements coupled with comments that are violent or appear to condone violence, or make suspicious comments regarding anti-U.S. radical theology, vague or cryptic warnings that suggest or appear to endorse the use of violence in support of a cause. If they make repeated returns with multiple individuals requesting identical tattoos... Honey, there goes our his and her hearts. We can't do that anymore. If they request a tattoo and state intent is to target specific group or individual, or inquire about unusual methods of tattooing or placement of tattoos which could allow the concealment of extremist symbols. This is what your FBI is doing. <laughs> Sending out memos to tattoo parlors. I'm sure that's doing a lot of good. Can you imagine these tattoo parlors probably post them and laugh at them? Well, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Posted, and we're laughing. Uh, well, do, does anyone have it? Is that a copy, or is that just a rundown? No, it's a, it's an actual scan. Oh, that's cool. Uh, FBI Federal Bureau of Investigation. I think it'd be cool to have an original of that thing. We could probably get it. It's, uh, it's the art. Bureau of Justice Assistance and the Philadelphia Division of, uh, of the FBI. Yeah, it's in the show notes at uh, noagendashow.com. Well, essentially what it does, unfortunately, I think the FBI makes a mistake here, is it deconstructs. Exact. The FBI's yeah. own uh, policies, insofar as what they look for uh, regarding uh, uh, suspicious people. Yes. So this is probably not really. This is like you know. Here's our memo. This is what we're at, we're looking for. This is not. I don't think this was a smart idea. They should keep it to themselves. And so then, finally, just a personal uh, a personal experience, actually, from my daughter, who is uh, back in the UK. She'll be coming back out in uh, over to Gitmo Nation West in uh, in January. She was on the train. This is just to show you how bad it's getting over there. She was on the train, and uh, she'd forgotten her uh, her purse or her wallet, and she did have with her uh, her mother's ATM card. Uh, which, you know, she bought her ticket with, and she bought a young person's ticket because she's under 21 or whatever, whatever the age is, but she didn't have her, uh, her ID. And so the conductor comes by and he says, uh, hey, kid, show me how old you are. Show me some ID. And she's like, well, uh, I'm sorry, I don't, you know, I didn't own my wallet with me, so you just have to take me on my word. Well, I can't believe you have to pay eight pound fine. And she's like, uh, okay. And she hands her mother's ATM card, which has the same uh, last name. And he says, well, is this your name? No, it's my mom's card. Well, that's, that's, not, that's not your card. I'll have to destroy the card. What? This is a train conductor. I'll have to take, confiscate it and destroy the card. And, so, and, and, you know, these guys have like a quasi uniform on. And she's like getting upset. You know, she's like, well, hold on a second. You can't do that. And the guy's like, no, I'm going to have to destroy the card unless you can pay in cash. Said, but I have the PIN number, everything. No, I have to destroy the card. And finally, some really nice lady next to her said, you know, she, she stood up and said, I can't listen to this crap anymore. And she paid the eight pounds cash, which was a beautiful thing to do. Um, but this is what happens. You get into this Gitmo vibe. And, dude, I wish I was there. I would have decked this motherfucker.
Yeah, you'd probably be in uh, in Gitmo, literally. So people out there should read. There's two books that are interesting because it, dis- it, it kind of discusses this sort of thing. One is, one is Mein classic- Kampf, yes. What is the other? One is, one is the classic Life and Death in Shanghai, which I think was banned by the communist regime. But Life and Death in Shanghai, I can get you the author's name. And the other one is It Can't Happen Here by Sinclair Lewis, a classic ah, right. that actually uh, took uh, Sinclair Lewis from... Uh, being a, a favorite of the uh, intelligentsia to being oh uh, being more or less disliked because he was making you know make he created a world where this sort of thing began so these two books Sinclair Lewis's It Can't Happen Here and Life and Death in Shanghai uh, it's, it's got a female's name I can't think of it I can go get the book and read it off later okay so I'm, I'm gonna time. I'm gonna go read uh, It Can't Happen Here because you have mentioned that before that I should read that I will also pick up a copy of Our Choice A Plan to Solve the Climate Crisis by Al Gore, and I shall report back so that you don't have to read it. Does that sound fair? Yeah. And most of this, by the way, it comes from these these very petty people, like this this conductor, these people who are given a little authority they should have never been given ever because they haven't got the brain power to think for themselves, and they abuse the authority, and that's pretty much the theme uh, and message of it can't happen here and life and death in Shanghai. And of course, uh, Al Gore's book has a whole different theme. Yeah, it's it's an abuse of power, too, if you think about it. So uh, we'll be back here again on uh, Sunday, uh, the Church of No Agenda, at uh, 9 o'clock, Gitmo Nation West Time, coming to you from the minimum security containment cell, which houses the Crackpot Command Center. I'm Adam Curry. And from, uh, don't forget, Dvorak.org slash NA and NoAgendaShow.com to help us out with some donations. And I'm here in northern Silicon Valley where it looks like it will be raining in the next day or two. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back again on Sunday right here on No Agenda.